Jeffrey Epstein gets suicided by the Clintons, Joaquin Castro is under fire for doxing his own constituents, and people are blaming Trump for the racist rhetoric of the El Paso shooter. I'm Noah Huey, and this is Under the Stars. So we're back, I have this set up, whatever this is, and uh, we're going to be looking into some very interesting topics this week. Uh, I'm very excited for them, actually. The very first one is, is an interesting one. Uh, before I actually tell you about it, though, let me let you know some cool stuff. So first of all, we're accepting writers on the website. Um, Under the Stars website is accepting writers uh, to help write things. And we don't care if you're liberal, if you're uh, conservative, if you're Democrat, Republican. I don't really give two tiny craps. If you want to write about the philosophical and political arguments um, for current issues in American politics, feel free to go to the website and there's an application form linked on the homepage and on the news page, I think, and you can uh, apply to become a writer or even uh, an editor of the website itself of Under the Star. So if you're interested in that, uh, make sure to check it out. Also, make sure to become a member today. That's $10 every month for live stream access, the after show live stream, uh, entrance into the mailbag where you can send questions and comments, and every episode in full length as well as much more. 50% um, off for veterans and active service. Thank you for service. Um, and then also make sure to follow my Twitter, my Instagram. They're both at HueyNoah. That's at H-U-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. So, first thing that happened, Jeffrey Epstein is found dead in his Manhattan jail by supposed suicide, despite the fact that he was on suicide watch. So, as we all, if you don't already know, um, Jeffrey Epstein was a child pedoph pedophile, longtime friend of the Clintons, and just many um, elite, essentially, he had his own island. We all call it Pedophile Island now, and there's actually been a recent update where people found human body bones on the island. So that's fun. Um, so I'm going to read you this article. So, uh, child pedophile Jeffrey Epstein has been found dead early Saturday morning in his Manhattan cell, uh, in what has been deemed a suicide, though that claim is rightfully being questioned, is extremely suspicious. Epstein was found dazed and unconscious a couple weeks ago. As a result, was placed on suicide watch. This would have meant he had an armed guard watching him 24-7, as well as strings, ropes, and ties being taken away from him. He also wasn't a routine prisoner and would have kept under constant watch. He was also repeatedly being kept in solitary confinement. The supposed suicide comes less than 24 hours after a new accuser named multiple prominent Democrats in an alleged sex trafficking ring. Because Epstein is the only one convicted thus far, the criminal case against him will be closed. As a result of the suicide, the top 11 trending hashtags on Twitter are all related to Epstein. In order, Epstein, hashtag Clintons, hashtag Clinton body count, hashtag Jeffrey Epstein, hashtag Epstein again, hashtag Epstein file, hashtag suicide watch, hashtag suicide, hashtag... Prince and Drew and hashtag Jeffrey Epstein. So, what is the common theory? Well, the common theory is that he got suicided by the Clintons. 
a lot of people think, in fact, the majority of people right now think that the Clintons had Jeffrey Epstein killed because he had, he, he was going to snitch essentially. Um, which by the way is the dumbest phrase ever. If snitching is really a bad thing, that's, that's really stupid. Um, now there are plenty of people on the left, of course, who think this is a lie. They do not think the, the Clintons killed him, but that's mostly because of political bias. However, there are people on the right who just don't think it happened because it seems kind of, con it's a conspiracy theory. In fact, everyone has essentially become Alex Jones at this point. Everyone has uh, adopted this theory as the truth. Um, where do I sit on this? I, it's a possibility. I'm not going to go as far as to say it happened for sure because the evidence is all up in the air. Um, new uh, things have come out like um, his bones are fractured. However, that could be explained away that sometimes when you're hanging yourself, uh, your bones can crack. It, there's a certain way. That I remember Ben Shapiro sharing a tweet about it from a doctor, um, not his wife. So... So things like that come in play. Um, however, I'll, I'll read you another thing. The evidence for suicide has been actually dwindling quite fast. I'm going to open up a, a tweet uh, from Matthew Perry. Or not Matthew Perry. <laughs> Matt Walsh. Um, if it's still there. So the, the, the theories that the Clintons, the Democrats, whatever, someone had Jeffrey Epstein suicided... Um, and so I, I love the jokes and I love the memes, but in all seriousness, I, I'm not quite sure. So here are some of the, the things. So cellmate was transferred the day of his death. Both of the guards were simultaneously, had simultaneously fallen asleep. So there's, there's another thing. Um, the guards that were supposed to be watching him because he was on suicide watch fell asleep. Um, there was some shrieking noises. It, it's not official, but there was some shrieking noises that were heard from his cell. And then the autopsy found broken bones in his neck. Now, some people have gone as far to say that, um, that, what was it? They replaced his body. Like, because there's something they're like, look at his nose. It's a different shape. Um, which I think that goes into kind of the, the crazy air region. Um, but do I think there's a possibility he could have been killed from inside the cell? Possibly, sure. Do I think it was the Clintons? Maybe. Again, sure, it's it's up there. But do I think it's exactly what happened? N no. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go Alex Jones levels of, you know, believing what I believe and just that's it. Um, which I don't need, I don't hate Alex Jones. In fact, I love him. He's, he's the most hilarious, unintentional comedian ever. So... Um, and then Matt Walsh also says, We were told Epstein hung himself while kneeling on the ground with a be bed sheet tied to a bunk bed. I do not see how that could generate the kind of force to break bones in his neck. Um, again, a uh, doctor comes along and he says that's a possibility. Um, overall, this will be, this will, case, the whole case and everything involved in it is going to close, which is unfortunate. Um, but that's just how it is. Um, and if the Clintons were involved in any way, shape, or form, well, they're off the hook. So, but a lot of people are blaming them. Again, hashtag uh, Clinton body count um, was was trending on Twitter and stuff. Oh yeah, I forgot I put that over there. Um, and so that happened. So we're all just wondering about that. We're wondering if it's if it's if it's the truth and stuff. A lot, uh, again, most people think that it was got suicided and stuff like that. So it, and the memes are hilarious. So Joaquin Castro is under fire from doxing uh, constituents who donated to Trump's campaign. Some of this is older news because I wanted to cover stuff that happened in the last two or three weeks. Originally, I was going to cover the El Paso and Dayton shootings, but I feel like that's just going to take up uh, way too much time. And so I decided um, not to. 
so if this uh, oh no I used the same uh, link okay I'll just open it up because it's on the it's on the page I'll just find it um is it this one I believe this is it well no this is this is related to that topic uh, yes here we go and some people are saying it's accidentally. So in a bid to shame Trump supporters in his own district, Democratic Representative Joaquin Castro tweeted at a list of 44 individuals who had donated to President Trump. However, it turns out that at least one of those donors also donated to, to the two Democratic campaigns, Castro included. Wayne Harwell, the owner of a local real estate development company whose name appeared on the list Castro shared on Monday night, said that he had donated to Castro's campaign, but would not be supporting him anymore after being outed. Quote, I was also on a list of people that gave to Castro, and if he dislikes me enough that he wants me to put my name out there against Trump, I'm not going to give money to him. Harwell told Fox News. Obviously, Castro feels pretty strongly against me. FEC records shows that Harwell donated $1,000 to Castro, saying that he was pretty independent, but supports Trump. This year, however, this year, Harwell contributed a total of 5,600 to the Trump Victory Committee and 2,800 to the t Trump campaign, as well as donated to Trump's initial run in 2016. Quote, I hope this, his constituents remember this, end quote, Harwell said. This was a really pathetic move. Um, really pathetic, really stupid. His brother came out, uh, Castro's brother came out and said he was proud of his brother, um, which is the dumbest thing ever. I don't know. His twin brother came out, said he was proud of him for outing people in his own district. Um, I don't see how that's a good thing. Again, this was just overall um, really stupid, uh, really low down, and just probably one of the more pathetic things a person can do, especially when you're supposed to be a member of Congress. So, so that happened. Uh, they're both idiots anyway, so we might as well. This better not open up the same link again. Okay. So, yeah, that happened. I just thought I'd mention it because I thought I wanted to mention the fact that it was pretty stupid and stuff like that. So, so people have decided to blame Trump for the racist rhetoric of the El Paso shooter, and some go as far as to refuse to accept his condemnation. Now, I saw uh, a lot of the Louder with Crowder change my mind thing about this. Uh, in particular, it was Cory Booker. So, the El Paso shooter was a racist. Um... That was one of the biggest goals for shooting. Obviously, that's wrong. And even Trump came out and said, we should condemn this type of behavior. Um, Cory Booker, however, decided, no, that means he supports it more. So fumbling 2020 presidential candidate Cory Booker in a never-ending attempt to cast President Trump as a white supremacist, no matter how many times he condemns the ideology, has said that he does not welcome Trump condemning white supremacy. The Twitter account named Trump War Room posted a video of Booker in March saying that Trump needed to condemn white supremacy, even though he had many times at that point, and subsequently the video of, Trump, of Booker refusing to accept uh, Trump's, I went too far, Trump's condemnation of white supremacy. Booker said in a CNN video that Trump was at fault because he refused to blame himself for the rhetoric of the shooter. President Trump had released an unequivocal condemnation of the evils of white supremacy, saying it needed to be squashed at every possible avenue. The move, while egregious and incredibly dishonest, is understandable for Booker. The only thing he has he had to run on run on, he has to run on his racial politics, and if he admits Trump isn't the white supremacist he's been portrayed as, he will have a tough time running against him. So, but it's not just Booker, though, who who has decided to blame Trump for just about every racist thing that has ever happened in the United States, ever. Um, so, let's be clear. 
Trump is clearly not a white supremacist if he if he talks about how much it sucks at this point. Um, as much as people want him to be, that's just not the case. So, of course, when the El Paso shooter happened, and the El Paso shooter was a Trump supporter, people go, this is Trump's fault. Clearly, that makes no sense, because there were plenty of times where other candidates, specifically your Democratic candidates, who had... Uh, Shooters go out and shoot places in, in their name, and they, and they were fans of them. Maybe not even for them, but just they knew them and supported that candidate. Those candidates were never blamed. I believe there was someone who supported... No, that's right. The other shooter is a perfect example of this, because the two shootings happened the same day. The Dayton shooter, the other shooting that happened the same day as the El Paso shooter, was Elizabeth Warren supporter. Do you see people on the right, or even some on the left, going to Elizabeth Warren and saying, it's your fault that this guy shot up a bunch of people? Because the guy shot up a bunch of people because, one, I don't think he was mentally fit, and two, he, he was a radical on every level. level. Radical socialist, he even said on Twitter, I think, that he would be willing to kill people who aren't willing to convert to socialism uh, in terms of, a, or at least to support it. And so this mentally deranged person goes out and shoots people who also happens to support Elizabeth Warren, and nobody went to go and say, it's your fault. However, the other guy was a Trump supporter, also probably had some mental health issues and a huge racist, and he goes to shoot people, and he just happens like President Trump, and so now it's all Trump's fault. This is why when I constantly tell people there's an anti-Trump bias uh, overall in the United States, that's what I'm talking about. Stuff like that. And it doesn't have to just be Democrats. Someone, someone was asking me, when you say there's an angry bias against President Trump, do you mean the angry Dems that President Trump was talking about? No, actually. Uh, in fact, I hate it when he uses, I hate the term Dems. That's like, I understand what they're doing, it, you know, shortening the word one and two, it's, I guess, supposed to be some sort of like mocking name, but it just sounds really stupid. Um, if you can't say the full word, I don't know why you're even saying it at all. Um, anyway, so when I, when I say there's a, an anti-Trump bias, that's what I mean. You can be Democratic, Republican, uh, liberal, you know, whatever, liberal, conservative, uh, libertarian. I don't give a tiny crap what you are. Your identity does not matter to me in the slightest. It's the fact that a, a very, very large amount of people in the country either hate Trump because he's Trump or love Trump because he's Trump. Specifically in this case, I want to talk about the hate Trump. I, I'd love to talk about the people who, who simply like Trump because he's Trump and don't actually understand his policies and, and kiss his boot when he does things like uh, violate the Second Amendment by, by uh, pushing for red flag laws, which I, I'm going to talk about in a moment. So when people blame Trump for things that he's obviously not at fault for, most reasonable people can look at that and say, oh, that's crazy. Conservatives and liberals alike can look at that and say that's pretty stupid. But for some reason, there's a group of people who always assume that anything bad that happens, if someone has any connection to Trump or likes Trump in any way, it's his fault for it. People like Cory Booker, who, these, who are these radical uh, leftists, believe that anyone who supports the president and does an evil thing, that means the blame should be shifted to the president. And of course, also to the anti-gun rhetoric and so on and so forth. So, what I, what I, what I have to say to that, I guess, is you're an idiot, you're that blatantly just that's really really stupid and it's idiotic to believe that that could easily be the case people like to explain away all of america's problems as trump 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 it's all trump and when he's gone it'll all be fixed wrong because most of these problems have existed before president trump as well president obama had 32 or 35 i can't remember shootings under his presidency nobody blamed him for it when someone supported him no because it's that's obviously not his fault 
And that's why I believe the radical left and the radical right have become incredibly popular. Now, when I say radical left and radical right, that always doesn't mean terrorist levels radical. You can be radical and not want to kill people. Uh, in terms of radical left, it usually just means you blame all your problems on Trump, you just kind of believe what anyone who's liberal says, you hate all conservatives, despite the fact that most of them are pretty reasonable to, to an extent. It depends on how far you go. Um, and stuff like that. So, that, that's just really stupid. Obviously, this was not Trump's fault in any way, shape, or form. Just because the guy supported him doesn't mean any squat. It didn't. It obviously didn't with the Dayton shooter. Um, and and people who say that now here's another thing. I was watching the letter with Crowder video, and this person was saying that since Trump did not say I condemn white supremacy, did not use the word I, and said we, that means he supports it. But that takes quite the mental leap to assume that since someone said I, or said we instead of I, means they don't believe those things. Usually in the past, when a president says, we as a country need to condemn white supremacy, or we as a country need to, uh, I don't know, condemn, condemn uh, homegrown terrorism and stuff like that, that president tends to believe those things, especially when they start pushing their uh, administration to fight against those things, or even when they don't. But it, it usually goes to show that white supremacists don't use some magic language where they say we should condemn white supremacy and, and then secretly go, but not me though, because that's just really stupid. You have to live in like fourth grade, a fourth grader's mind for that to make any sense. Obviously, Trump is not a white supremacist. He's uh, Time and time again, when people say, what do you think about KKK members and white supremacists who, who support you? Do you support their support? Or, you know, do you like their support? He goes, obviously, I don't think they're good. You know, people want to, the radical left, essentially, and, and some of the radical right, and just some people, and just people in general. It's plain and simple that people hate Trump. Okay? And so, instead of taking things logically, they're going to go, anything that has any connection to him in any way, it's his fault because they just don't want him in office. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I'd just rather you be more honest about it and not use semi-logic to try and explain away why everything is Trump's fault, even though he's gone against those things that you say are his fault in the first place. So, it, it, it's ridiculous. I think it's stupid on every level. And um, uh, just... I mean, it's, it's common sense. It takes common sense to, to know that the El Paso shooting was not under Trump's fault. And he, obviously, he should not accept responsibility for it because it would have happened regardless. The guy was a white supremacist. He didn't think, uh, he saw every Hispanic person as an invader, even the people who came in legally and are hardworking people. So obviously, it's not Trump's fault. So, but it doesn't really matter because everything I say is always wrong as far as anyone on any sort side of the radical uh, left or right. So, Dan Crenshaw pushes for and Trump supports red flag law situation, um, but at this point, he should probably drop it regardless. This is actually an opinion um, from the Generation Z right-wing account. A lot of this came from the Generation Z right-wing account because um, I wanted to get some news fast because I, I wanted to compile a lot of it very fastly without having to go into a website that takes 10 minutes to load. In fact, I get a lot of my stuff from that Instagram account just because, one, Instagram on my computer loads way faster than any of the websites for some reason. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent. So, uh, as I have expressed repeatedly, I do think that Crenshaw's version of the red flag is more applicable on the left's vision. I initially thought he was talking about... Well, actually, let me talk about the red flag laws first. So, as a constitutionalist, I'm sure you're interested, if you are, have any interest in politics at all, to know what I think about the red flag laws, given that I'm constitutionalist and a lot of people on the right have been deeming these laws unconstitutional. So... Crenshaw's laws, and he went on to explain them when people got mad, because at first he just said, red flag laws, and everyone went, 
what? So, so he went on to explain it, and, and I understand, I understand it. Do I want it? No. Because there are a few problems. So first, Dan Crenshaw's version of the red flag laws are essentially if someone has some sort of mental disorder that could cause them to go crazy and things start getting tense, you can call the police and be like, hey, this guy has schizophrenia or something, and they're, they're kind of insinuating they want to hurt someone, could you please come take all their guns? Okay, I see your reasoning. That kind of makes sense. However, you have to understand from their point of view as well. From people who have certain mental uh, illnesses and stuff like that, but never go off. Because there are people who have uh, things like schizophrenia, but they, they don't go off. So a lot of those people, I have to scratch my leg, are worried that the government's going to come along and take their guns just because, oh, no, oh no, my neighbor saw me holding my gun and I looked angry. They thought I was going to kill someone. So this, for me, I, I don't support it. I don't think it should go in. I don't think it's constitutional. I just, I, I don't. And that's how I'm probably going to be forever. Because, and it's, it's a very, very tricky situation, at least for me. To, to find some sort of ground to sit on. Most issues I have a ground to sit on. Uh, border policy? Sit, uh, I'm set on that. I can follow my logic. For this, it's a lot more complicated because you have to try and take it into the account of everyone involved, and I also have to take my personal values involved as a constitutionalist. So, as a constitutionalist, I don't think it's, it's uh, constitutional because I feel like this easily makes it... It makes it easier for government officials to trample on the rights of certain individuals, maybe not all, but certain individuals, uh, their Second Amendment rights. I understand that Crenshaw is trying to set, a, at least in his version, he was trying to set a boundary to make it harder for the government to just snap and go, uh-oh, somebody tripped and they were holding a gun on them, take their gun. Um, but even with his version... There were there. It was. It seems incredibly easy for the government to just take as many guns as they want, so long as you've got some sort of mental illness back there. Even if it's very, very tiny, doesn't affect you at all, and you don't go off. Uh, it, it seems to make it a lot easier for um, voice crack. Uh, for the government to come and just take anyone who's got schizophrenia's guns or anything. And that's why I'm against it because it. I don't see in any way in any version of red flag laws where you can set a, a good set boundary so that the government cannot reach in and just take guns willy-nilly. Granted, I see Crenshaw's content, or not his content, his intent. I see what he's trying to do, but I don't think it's going to work, and I don't think it would be deemed constitutional. So, I'm going to read this, because I, I read it, and I, I found it interesting, why he should drop it regardless. So I'm going to read this. This is from, I cannot remember his actual name, Generation Z Right Wing. I do think that Crenshaw's version of the red flag law is more applicable than the one on the left's version. I initially thought he was talking about the broad version of the red flag that the left applies, but rather he explained his actual proposals at fitted with the due process. Punishment for false accusations, limits on who can actually report a red flag, as well as the sunset date. I am much more in favor of it. It is perfectly reasonable that a family member should be able to report concerning behavior to their relatives, present evidence to a judge, and have those guns temporarily confiscated in the name of public safety. And see, that's where I, that's where I go, okay, uh, most mass shooters have, uh, had, have had warning signs prior to the slaughter. Very, very true. With almost, no, with exactly every mass shooter, there's always been a sign that that's going to happen. They have some sort of signs that say, hey, I'm going to shoot up a place. And everyone just kind of goes, oh, teenagers, that'll never happen. Because of this, 
Um, it would probably be beneficial for Crenshaw to drop the... I'm sorry, I read past it. Preferring to engage in... Wait, I've gone past my spot. However, there are sadly many on the right and in Crenshaw's support base that absolutely refuse to hear the argument, preferring to engage in reactive politics rather than actually sit and listen to what Crenshaw is proposing. Because of this, it would probably be beneficial for Crenshaw to drop the push. He has... I lost my spot again... He has already released multiple videos on his page, which, have, which has close to a million followers, explaining how it is very clearly not unconstitutional, yet people are still parroting around the, the idea that he is a McCain-style rhino due to the inability of a fraction of his base, which seems to be a minority but is still vocal, to sit and listen to him. It would probably be politically beneficial for Crenshaw to drop the push. So essentially he's saying, though I do not think it's constitutional, and though the way he's described it shows it is unconstitutional, he should drop it because he's going to lose a lot of support. And if he ever feels like running in, 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 in any office ever, again, um, he should just drop the push. I'm interested in how long I've been going on. So, he thinks he should drop the push regardless because he's going to lose a lot of followers. I agree. I disagree that it, that is not unconstitutional. I think to an extent it can be it can be seen as unconstitutional, but I, I can't pronounce the word as unconstitutional. But this is why I, I don't officially sit anywhere. Because Yes, to an extent, I can see how people are worried it is unconstitutional. There are many people with, with fears that worry about stuff that are fearing, oh no, my guns are going to be taken away. But it is a very excellent point by, brought up by Crenshaw and uh, repeated here that it's not as simple as you call the It's not as simple as I may have described it earlier as you just say, hey, somebody's saying they're going to kill people. You know, bring the stuff to a judge and make a, an appealing point. Okay. And that's why I don't officially sit anywhere on it. Because as a constitutionalist, I want to say it's unconstitutional. Because everyone deserves to write the right to own a gun. Everyone. Every single person, unless you're planning on actually killing people with it. Uh, th which is why there are some people who uh, think that felons should not own guns after they've been uh, acquitted. Or not acquitted, but um, sentenced and stuff like that. So that is why I don't sit anywhere specifically on this issue. Both points have made excellent sides. As a constitutionalist, I, have, I am of course going to be biased and try and say that it's unconstitutional, but there are plenty, there are things in there. I just feel like there could easily be government overreach of this policy. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I'm scared to see it in action because the only way to see if I'm wrong is to have it set in action. And if it's set in action and it, they, there is government overreach, well, crap, there goes the Second Amendment. I can't do anything about it anymore. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I sit on it. Um, again, I don't, I guess I, even though I said I sit on it, I don't actually sit on it, if that makes any sense. It's really, it's up to you to decide. Do you think it's unconstitutional? Comment in the YouTube video or whatever. Uh, ben Shapiro also weighed in on this. Um, if, I can't remember what he said. I'm going to read this article again. So, Ben Shapiro, I believe, has... Um, he, ben Shapiro is a lot like me, okay? Ben Shapiro is um, kind of... He has broken down why the left has ruined red flag laws and why when you say red flag laws, people freak out, especially on the right, because the, left, uh, the radical leftist version of red flag laws is just... It's literally just... Hey, I feel like this guy shouldn't have a gun. And the government goes, give us the gun now. Um, which is obviously crazy. So let me read this. During his Wednesday podcast, Ben Shapiro broke down why he supports red flag laws in theory before explaining why 
that he fully understands and agrees with concerns from many on the right that the left will drag the policy far beyond where it is intended to be. And that is where I think a lot of my worry is. When I say government overreach, I don't mean conservative government overreach. I have a fair amount of trust, which I really shouldn't have. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I should not have this trust. But I have a fair-ish amount of trust in, in people on the right who generally, I don't think, would decide to overreach. Um, the red flag policies. I'm saying if we implemented Crenshaw's red flag policies and then a leftist government decided to take over primarily Democrat and they go, hmm, why don't we just overreach this policy? Because uh, it's our policy now. No one can stop us. It's stuff like that. Anyway, he has clarified that an assault weapons ban is, quote, dumb and bad policy and would invade the rights of millions of Americans. Something I agree with. He then pointed out that red flag laws would restrict individuals who are dangerous from having guns. He said that universal background checks are a failure in California and red flag laws are a solution tailored to the problem. It's trying to find the ability to look at people who are dangerous on an incipient level and trying to temporarily take away their rights. He pointed out that requests for conversation often come from a friend and family member concerned about displays of violence and stressed that it should be completed through due process and called for a blowback on frivolous claims to de-incentivize false claims. Shapiro then said that it would be much more effective than a background check bill. He then launched into the counter-argument, which he described as, you cannot trust people to be able to take take away other people's gun rights, because there are so many people willing to impose that in bad faith. He then explained, and agreed with, that there's, there is a feeling on the right that the ability to take out somebody else's guns would be abused, putting forth, this is why I say when the left targets everybody in the right as a potential shooter or supporter of a shooter, they're undermining the, act, the ability to actually pass laws that could actually do something about this stuff. He continued, we should be able to agree... That if somebody's uh, brother is paranoid, is a paranoid schizophrenic, and he's been acting out violently against members of his family, and they need uh, to go to a judge to prevent him from buying a gun because he's been suggesting he wants a gun, I think we can all agree that that would be a proper measure to take. He then made a comparison of Bernie supporter calling a Trump support supporting neighbor a threat, saying he worries of a situation like that were reasonable. Another good point. Another good point is that it's not just government that could abuse these types of red flag laws. It's average citizens who simply don't want their neighbor or their friend or some guy they met to have a gun because they they just don't want it. Uh, Whether it be leftist doesn't like their uh, right-wing neighbor from having it. But, and again, this is why I'm back and forth on this issue. Again, as a constitutionalist, I'm biased, so I try and put that bias aside. If I were to try and come to a, a, an actual conclusion right now, I'd have to say I agree a lot with uh, Shapiro that if we're going to do this, Crenshaw's version isn't incredibly bad because of the due process thing. But again, I'm still going to be uh, doubtful because of one, possible government overreach in the future, and two, uh, people abusing that system, which I think could easily happen. People can falsify evidence, so on and so forth, and next thing you know, we've got this whole court system that's ruined, again, uh, based on uh, abuse of what could potentially be a bad system. So, it's, it's a very interesting debate. But I do agree that Crenshaw should drop it regardless because at this point, he's not going to get through to a lot, to at least a third of his base, which will not listen to him. Because, and and this is an interesting idea, people on the left look at people on the right and say, you guys just listen in an echo chamber, you're always surrounding yourself in views that only you like, uh, and you only listen to the mob mentality of if everyone yells loud enough and attacks loud enough like an angry mob, you win. And then they go, but we don't. And then the right also does that to the left. 
what what a lot of people don't seem to realize is that mob mentality and echo chambers are not a left or right speci- specified thing. It's a human thing. We as human beings like to surround ourselves with ideas that we uh, like and support, and we as human beings tend to gravitate towards the um, the uh, mob mentality because that's just how humans are. We're not we're not all Socrates. We're not all going to sit there and go, well, maybe we should talk this over with our opponents. A very small minority of us are actually going to do that. So many people are going to follow the mob mentality and parroting idea of saying, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And when the guy goes, well, actually, you just yell louder, this is bad, this is bad. Y- you don't stop. Uh, so first of all, it's not just a left or right thing. We are all going to, at one point or another, follow the mob mentality, if not forever. So that's that. Um, again, this can be seen either way. It can be seen as unconstitutional because one, government overreach could happen, two, people can abuse it from a public level, uh, and three, just overall, there's a huge, uh, open space there for the laws to be abused. But at the same time, with the way Crenshaw wanted to implement it, with the due process thing and not just being able to say, hey, police, that guy, I don't like him having a gun, and then hanging up and then they lose their, uh, they temporarily lose their rights because of you, that's also another good point, which is why I've never been able to fully sit down on this issue. I'd like to remind you again that we are accepting writers on our website, uh, just writers in general. Again, we don't care if you're liberal, we don't care if you're conservative, Republican, Democrat, I don't give two tiny bird craps. If you want to write about political issues and you want to just have a fun little way to write about stuff, feel free to go to the website. We've got links on the homepage and on the news page where you can write about all your favorite political issues. Also, make sure to become a member today. That's uh, $10 every month for live after the uh, after the show. What's it called? The after show live stream access. Entrance into the mailbag where you send questions, comments, and debates. And the full length, um, every episode in full length, as well as... Um, as well as uh, you get the audio the day before. And it's 50% off for veterans in active service. Also, make sure to follow my Twitter and Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. So, Hong Kong right now is having many anti-government protests asking for Seven America um, Amendment, waving American flags, and singing our national anthem. I wrote, an, I wrote an article on this that I just released, I think, yesterday. Was it today? No, it was yesterday. Um... So Hong Kong protesters wave American flags, sing American national anthem, and protest of rising tyranny from government. So let, let's talk about what happened first. So Hong, Hong Kong uh, was owned by the British for the longest time. In 1997, they gave them back to China. However, China agreed that they would not try to impose their form of government over Hong Kong uh, until 2047. Recently, however, Beijing decided that they want to implement that they have they have the basic interpretation of law in Hong Kong. Hong Kong didn't like this, so they started a protest. But this protest slowly grew into an anti-big government uh, protest, where they started waving the American flag, singing our national anthem in protest from uh, the government. And now they have now Beijing, uh, China in general, have sent police to go and do this. A lot of people right now think this could possibly turn into Tiananmen Square 2, and I'll tell you why. Because recently, people have seen, if this link will open, so recently people have seen them sending tanks, again, government, uh, there's a lot of government push stuff on this, and um, so yeah, there's a lot of protest against it, they're asking for a second amendment, there's a sign that said we need the second amendment, and I hope they get one. And I hope, overall, I do hope this ends peacefully because clearly China is, um, and Trump has suggested having a meeting, um, because 
clearly they are overstepping that agreement that they made that they would not touch Beijing or uh, Hong Kong until um, uh, 2047. So images appear to show Chinese armored personnel carriers gathering near Hong Kong protesters. So China's army has moved a group of armored personnel carriers near the border with Hong Kong as the mainland government seeks to quell weeks of sometimes violent protests that have swept the city. I'm just making sure my audio is still working. So the Associated Press reported Wednesday that images appeared to show a group of personnel carriers headed to the region on Monday, apparently to take part in exercises meant to show the military's capability of shutting down protests. Essentially, China's uh, communist government has decided, shut up, we're in charge now. And um, I wrote an article, (laughs) I wrote an article called communism is great. That's why Hong Kong is protesting against it. Um, So it's pretty scary. So several different notable events went down during protests in Hong Kong over the weekend, uh, from clashes between police and protesters giving homage to America in the fight for their freedom. Since Britain retreated from Hong Kong, the Chinese government has become more and more overt in its attempt to gain control over the independent city, culminating in recent protests numbering in the hundred thousands over the government governmental clampdown. Thousands of protesters were involved in shutting down Hong Kong's international airport on Monday, with China describing the protests as terror and co-escape, can't pronounce words, a parliamentary force in southern border city. Some of the protesters swarmed into the departure area, resulting in all fights, flights, I'm sorry, being canceled. Fears are mounting that Beijing will resort to violent crackdown, with one video showing Chinese armored personnel carriers heading towards a city bordering Hong Kong. The tasks of the armed police include dealing with riots, rebellions, violent incidents, and terrorist attacks. The Chinese department responsible for Hong Kong held uh, held the third news conference in three weeks. They previously hadn't had one in 22 years condemning the violence. Protesters have doubled down in their efforts in a response to police brutality with the uh, uh, remonstrations. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Remonstrations bordering the, on the riots and several clashes already taking place between police and the population. At least 45 people have been injured as a result of the protest. We are seeing exactly, almost exactly, uh, what America, what America went through, but unfortunately with China. So the city's assistant police commissioner reportedly confirmed that five people were arrested overnight for protesting in Hong Kong's airport, uh, where demonstrators have focused their efforts in the recent days as a way to raise awareness among foreign visitors. Um, China's liaison office in Hong Kong, meanwhile, warned of severe repercussions of protesters who break the law in a statement according to the AP. Quote, their behavior shows extreme contempt for the law, seriously damages Hong Kong's international image, and deeply hurts the feelings of the broad masses of their mainland compatriots, the statement said. The city has been hit by protesters for months initially over a proposed bill that would have allowed criminal suspects to be extradited to China. Hong Kong chief executive Carrie Lam suspended the bill but has been failed to stem the protest, which made many locals expressing fear it could revive the expanded China's control over the city. China's scared that, uh, or Hong Kong's scared that communist China's going to come and uh, take over, which I would be too, because frankly, that looks awful. So obviously, uh, thoughts and prayers to the people in uh, Hong Kong. I hope everything works out well, and I hope, I hope they get their own independence, if anything. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite parts was that they were waving the American flag, singing the, uh, the national anthem and, um, asking for a second amendment. Uh, there were a lot of them actually asking for president Trump to come and liberate them, which I just thought was funny. Um, which really, I should not be laughing about this. Um, seriously though, I hope things turn out well in the end, uh, for the people of Hong Kong. I really do.
because they, as far as I know, because I've never done a lot of research in international news. I just thought I'd bring this up because this is pretty big stuff. Um, I'm, I'm, I hope Tiananmen Square 2.0 does not happen, obviously. Um, and uh, I just, hopefully this will not escalate any further. Um, because if it does, mo- let's face it, most of the world already doesn't like China as it is. Um, but, but if this escalates to a higher uh, caliber, people are going to be pretty mad. So that's that. So CNN, uh, CNN's, uh, I think his name's Christopher. Is it Chris Kumo? I don't know. CNN's Kumo goes berserk over being called Fredo, compares it to the N word. <laughs> so some guy called, um, I think his name is Chris, right? Yeah, Chris Kumo throws a temper tantrum after Heckler calls him Fredo, quote, I'll effing throw you down these stairs. <laughs> um, so CNN's Chris Kumo exploded in a viral video after being referred to as Fredo, a character from The Godfather, at an event in NYC of the weekend. If you don't know, so Fredo was the weak guy who betrayed the family and stuff like that, and the guy called him that. So the guy said, um, I thought that's who you were. The man says to Kumo, no, punk, A, B, I can't say all these words, uh, <laughs> uh, B word from the right call me Fredo Kumo responded my name is Chris Kumo I'm an anchor on CNN Fredo's from the Godfather he was that weak brother uh, and they're using it as an Italian a- a- aspiration it's like the N word for us the man mockingly responded also is mockingly responded to Kumo's in, uh, in s- I can't pronounce words he responded to Kumo's language, saying, You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Kumo uh, wait, Kumo then said the guy was going to have a big effing problem, and then the man responded, What are you going to do about it? Kumo responded, I'll effing throw, I'll effing ruin your... These are a lot of bad words. Uh, he'll throw him down the stairs like a punk, basically. He got mad, and then he, he keeps... Kumo keeps comparing uh, Fredo to, like, to the N-word for black people. And millions upon, well, not millions, well, yeah, millions of, of Italian-Americans are coming out and going, yes, that's incorrect. I don't know why he, and let me tell you this, even Vox, one of the most biased uh, news sources ever, um, one of the most, like, hipstery liberal sources ever knew that Fredo is not like the N-word. Let me tell you this, Chris Cuomo, CNN's Chris Cuomo said Fredo is like the N-word for Italians. It's not. CNN journalist Chris Kumo was caught on video last week and exploding at someone who apparently called him Fredo in a rather colorful language. Uh, this is what he said again. Yeah. Uh, pausing to ask if any of the onlookers are Italian, Kumo adds it's an insult to your people. It's like the N-word for us. Then he threatens the man who apparently called him Fredo, saying he'll throw him down the stairs like a punk. Kumo is right about one thing. Fredo is indeed a reference to the Godfather, or more specifically, uh, to Fredo... Corleone, Corleone. I don't know. I can't pronounce Italian. If, sorry for my butchering of the of the language, um, or just of the name. The second son of uh, mob. I'm not going to pronounce that again. In Francis Ford Coppola's classic Godfather films, which I hate to say this, but I've never seen any of them. So that's I'm, that's why nobody likes me. In the movies, uh, Vito has three sons: Sonny, Fredo, and Michael. Sonny is the bash and bloody one. Michael is the calculating war hero who tries to stay out of the family business but ends up running the operation. Fredo, the middle son, is the weak link, an insecure womanizer who tries to help out but keeps sticking his foot in his mouth. Overall, uh, overall, this is obviously wrong. (laughs) Fredo is not like the (laughs) N-word. 
<laughs> for Italians. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard um, today. And I get a good laugh out of that. Um, so I just thought it was absolutely hilarious that he tried to compare uh, Fredo to the N-word. Uh, our final piece of news. Trump makes himself look worse rolling back on the Endangered, Spe- in- the Endangered Species Act. So, the... <sighs> It's like he wants to lose. I, for some reason, I feel like he's, he's, his ego's gotten to him, and now he's like, Watch this. I'm going to do everything that's bad ever and just see if people will still vote for me. So Trump rolls back on the Endangered Species Act, putting many species at, re- of, at risk of extinction. So in a move likely to uh, exasperate the strain on a several species in the endangered category, the Trump administration is finalizing sweeping changes to the Endangered Species Act that will overhaul rule for the way the federal government handles protections for both plants and animals at risk of extinction. The Endangered Species Act has been credited with saving numerous species on the brink of extinction, most notably the bald eagle. More than 1,600 species are considered to be at risk in North America, and a UN report found that humans are putting more than a million species at risk of extinction. Several unique animals, including the North American wolverine, the northern spotted owl, and the American buying burying... Yes burying beetle are facing greater risk because of the rollback. So the rollback is putting many species at risk of extinction. Now, some people are saying that that's because Trump's going to push a policy that will be even better and save even more people or even more animals. Um, but this is mostly rumor. We don't have a lot of uh, evidence for that. Um, I, I love... Sorry, I love reading the comments of people who like to kiss Trump's boot. So, obviously this is stupid and this is bad. Um, I swear he wants to make himself lose the election. He just keeps doing things that people are going to not vote him on. And as of right now, he's polling lower than every Democrat running. Every Democrat is at least at 40-41%. He's at like 39 compared to all of them. Um... So, he's not doing too well right now, and it doesn't help that he keeps bragging about everything that he does. Just shut up for four seconds and just do stuff that people like. So, again, if he's pushing a new policy that supposedly will save more animals, sure, that's fantastic. But if it's just the rollback, there's a problem. Um, I think most of this is actually right now in rumor. Um... But then again, the sweeping changes, that, that has been in, in play for a very long time. So, again, I don't know what he's thinking, but all I know is that this is obviously a bad thing and probably should be taken care of at one point or another. Otherwise, we're doomed. Um, but that's it. That's it. That's all I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, thanks so much for listening in. Remember, we're accepting writers on the website. I don't care what your ideology is. If you want to write about politics, but you don't have a good place to write it out, write your opinions and stuff, feel free to go to our web- website linked in the YouTube video, as well as on the website itself. You just go, or on my Instagram page, you go there, you click the link, and there's a link on the homepage and on the news page that tells you about if you want to become a writer, and you can write about any political issue you want. Just uh, And then we're also accepting uh editors of the website. Also remember, become a member today. It's $10 every month for access to the after show live stream, uh, entrance into the mailbag where you can send and answer and ask questions and debates and stuff that I will feel free to answer most likely in the live stream itself and on my Instagram and stuff. And every episode in full length as well as the audio of the episode the day before it comes out. That means the Friday I make it, you get it instead of having to wait till Saturday. 
um, as well as much more. 50% off for veterans in active service. Also make sure to follow my Twitter and my Instagram. They're both at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. Thanks so much for listening in, and I'll see you next week.